So this morning we're continuing our series looking through the book of Colossians. I kind of invite you to take a Bible. There are some in your pews this morning, which is very exciting again, and turn to Colossians chapter 3. And if you're using one of the church Bibles, you'll find it on page 1184. So Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to read this morning from verses 1 to 17. Now, there is an awful lot in these uh, verses. And just so you know, whenever it comes to the sermon, we're going to focus on verses 1 to 4. And we're going to spend a very little time on the rest of them, just in case you are worried and that the sermon is going to be two hours long. It's not, so don't panic. But we are going to read from verses 1 to 17. And even as we come to read God's words this morning, as we think about setting our mind on things above, can I encourage you to really set your mind on what this passage says? Give it your attention this morning. Because even through the reading of Scripture alone, the Lord through it. So let's read this passage together. Paul writes these words to the Colossian church and to us. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, he is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all perfectly together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and you, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray now and then we'll give our attention to these words from the Lord. Let's pray together. 
Almighty God, as we come now to set our minds on your word, would you, Lord, set your word in our minds? Lord, would you help our minds not to wander just now onto earthly things, but instead, Lord, give us help to make your word our central thought just now. Help us to give your word our attention and speak to us, we pray this morning, through it. Say to each of us something we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to be really blunt right from the start this morning. And I want to say to you this morning that, that what I really want is for this talk to make a difference in your life. I'm putting it right out there from the front, from the start. I want this talk to make a difference in your life. This morning, as you give this passage your attention, I don't want you to focus on it just to get some new information. No, what I want you to do this morning is I want you to listen to what this passage says with the thought of application, with the thought of putting it into practice in your life. And the reason for that is because we now come to the part of Colossians where Paul starts to apply everything he's been saying. We're now coming to the application part of this letter, where God, through Paul, starts to tell Christians what they need to do in light of the gospel. This series, it's called Keeping On, Keeping On, and now we get into the nuts and bolts of some of the things that we need to do as Christians to keep on going as Christians and to keep on growing as Christians. So this morning, whenever you leave here, I want you to leave thinking of something concrete that you're going to do after getting to the grips with what this passage says. Are you with me? Are you up for this? Okay. Uh, one of the things that we do every day is we get ready, don't we? And we wake up and, and we get ready for the day. And, and, and I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a process we go through to get ready. Have you ever thought about this? Whenever I come to get ready in the morning, the first thing I do is I think of what's ahead for the day. Where am I going today? What's the weather going to be like today? What am I going to be doing today? Who's going to see me today? Who am I going to see today? Before I put on my clothes in the morning, that's the first step. I think ahead. I put my mind on what's ahead. And then having done that, I, I move into step two. So, so thinking through, I've thought through what's ahead. Step two then is that I take off my PJs. I take off my pajamas and I have a shower. That's step one, take off my pajamas, take off my old clothes. And then I put on what's appropriate for the day. That's the third step. And we all do that, don't we? I mean, there's some of you here this morning and, and you woke up this morning and thought, it's Sunday, it's church day. I'm going to wear a shirt today instead of my T-shirt. It's what we do. We set our minds on what's ahead, we take off what's not appropriate for the day ahead, and then we put on what is. And what's really interesting is that we don't just do this at the start of the day, but we might do it throughout the day. We might get in from work, in our work clothes, and we think, well, what have I got on tonight? I'm going to the gym. So we take off our work clothes and we put on our gym clothes. Maybe we're going to tidy the house, so we take off our work clothes and we put on our old clothes. You get the idea. Life is just one big, long stretch of getting undressed and dressed, isn't it? Every day, and I'm glad it is because I wouldn't like to see any of you naked this morning, so I'm glad that's what we do. I'm glad you put your clothes on. 
Now, maybe you're wondering, Marty, where is this going? (laughs) Why on earth are you talking about this? Well, well, the reason is because in this passage, what Paul does is he, he basically encourages us to do this type of thing spiritually. Like we do with our, our clothes and getting ready in the morning, Paul in this passage, he, he encourages us to, to follow these steps, three steps in a spiritual way. And, and let me just highlight on the screen the three steps so that you can see them in the passage. In verses one to four, he tells us to set our minds on things above to set our minds on on spiritual realities, to set our minds of who we are in Christ and and what we're going to be in Christ when He comes again. Set our minds, he says, on spiritual realities, on things above. Then in step two, in verses five to nine, what Paul does is he says, listen, in light of what you know, in light of the spiritual realities you know, then what you need to do is you need to take off your old self and its practices. And it is that idea of undressing, Strip off the old self. Strip off sin from your life. In light of who you are in Christ, in light of the things above, I want you to strip off your old self and its practices. But then in step three, thankfully he doesn't say, no, you can stay naked. Thankfully he doesn't say that. No, he says, no. And then step three, put on your new Christ-like self. Put on your new Christ-like self. And this morning, what I just want to do is I simply want to, to focus in on these three things. I want to show you them from the passage. I want to help you see why these things are really important for keeping going and growing as Christians. And I want to help you see how they can be applied in your life. So let's get on with it and we'll get in to step number one. Set your minds on things above. I don't know if you've ever said to a child or someone, listen, will you just set your mind on that? Will you just will you stop all the other things? Just set your mind on that for a wee minute, will you? Whenever someone's a child's doing their homework, listen, just get your head off the TV and just set your mind on your homework. Or what about you? Have you ever set your mind on something? You know what that means, don't you? You're distracted by lots of things. You you have a lot of things going on, but what you do when you set your mind on something, you focus in on it. You shut out all the distractions. And you focus in with laser-like focus onto that one thing. It's like you're a horse with the blinkers on when you set your mind on something. The only thing you're looking at is that one thing that's ahead of you. And here at the beginning of Colossians chapter 3, God, through the apostle Paul, says to the church in Colossae and also to the church in Ravenhill, to each of you, he says to us that we are to set our minds on things above, not only on earthly things. Hopefully you've got your Bible open. Have a look at verses one and two with me and you'll see it there. Paul writes, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You see it there, don't you? In black and white. God, through Paul, says to us, set your mind on things above, not only on earthly things. You see, the Lord knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And what the Lord knows is that for most of us, we can be completely and utterly consumed with thinking about earthly things. We live on earth. Life is busy. Life is full. We've so much to do. 
And the reality is that we can spend our whole life so easily focusing in on only earthly things. We've jobs to do. We've people to visit. We've relatives to care for. We've appointments to make and appointments to attend. We've bills to pay. We are busy, busy people. And the things on earth demand our attention 24-7. And the reality is that we can give our minds to earthly things all the time. And the Lord knows this. He knows this. And so he says to us, listen, folks, you see in the, in the middle of your busyness, you see in the middle of your earthly lives where you've so many earthly things that, to set your attention on, what I want you to do is this, I want you to stop sometimes and to set your mind on things above. And I think there's a reason for this. I don't know about you, but you see, if I was to fill my mind only with earthly things, you see, if I didn't stop from time to time to remember Jesus, you see, if I didn't stop from time to time to think about Christ, you see, if I didn't stop from time to time to, to do these things, to set my mind on things above, do you know what would happen? I'd lose sight of Jesus. I'd forget about him. I'd forget about the wonderful promises that he's made me. I'd forget about the new person that he's made me. I'd forget about the fact that he's transforming me to become more like him. I'd forget why I fell in love with him. I'd forget why he loves me. If I was to fill my mind with earthly things 100% of the time and never stop to think about things above, I would really struggle to follow Jesus. I'd struggle to delight in being a Christian. I'd struggle to remember why I'm following Christ in my life. Folks, this is what happens whenever we give all of our attention to earthly things. We lose sight of Jesus and the joy of our salvation. It slowly disappears. And we forget how good it is to be a follower of Christ. I wonder this morning, can you relate to this? I wonder this morning, are you someone here and, and just now you're really struggling? Just now you're here and, and you forgot just how much the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. Or you're here this morning and you're going through the routines of going to church and, and you're trying to live for Jesus, but, but there's no joy in it anymore. You've lost the joy. I wonder this morning, can you relate to this? I wonder is the reason for that because you've stopped setting your mind on things above. I wonder is the reason for that because you've stopped taking time out to enjoy the Lord. God, through the Apostle Paul, says to us this morning, set your mind on things above. Listen, Colossians, listen, church in Colossae, listen, church in Ravenhill. As you live out your life, you're going to find it so easy to be consumed with earthly things. 
You're going to find it so easy just to think about all the things you need to do and all the people you need to see and, and all of these earthly things around it. Listen, little church, this is going to be so easy for you to do. It's going to be so easy for you to set your mind only on earthly things. And so I'm calling you and I'm inviting you to pause, to, to step out of that, to make a habit of stepping out of that and fixing your mind on things above. I wonder this morning, can you relate to this? I wonder this morning, do you understand it? I hope you do. But what you might not think through is, is this, okay, Marty, I get that. I actually understand this. I, I've, I've experienced that before. I've been consumed with so many earthly things. I've forgotten about Jesus. I understand what that's like. But Marty, how do I do this? How do you actually go about this? Well, well let me suggest two ways that I think you can do this. The first thing that you can do is that you can make a real effort to come to church every Sunday. And that's not just because I want to get the attendance up. It's for your good. One of the things that you can do is you, you can make a determination to be here as much as you can possibly be here. You see, do you know what we're doing whenever we come to church? We're hitting the pause button, aren't we? For many of you in here this morning, this will be the only hour of the week, I say hour, only waking hour of the week where you don't check your phone. The only hour of the week where you're not getting a message or, or checking Facebook, it's the only hour of the week where you're pausing. For some of you, it's the only hour of the week that you sit and you listen, where you're not consumed with, with lots of different influences, TV and radio. It's, it's the only point in the week where you sit still and you listen. For some of you, it's the only point in the week where there's a little bit of silence. For all of us, for many of us, this 45 minutes to an hour in church on a Sunday morning, it is the only time in our week when we stop. But here's the thing, <laughs> and I bet you some of you are guilty of it right now, and you're going to feel convicted. We can stop on the outside. We can come to church and pause on the outside, but whenever we get in the building and whenever you sit in your pew, your mind can still be out there. Can't it? When you come in, you, you can come in and you can sit down and your mind can be in all of the things out there. You can sit here and listen to words coming out of my mouth and they're just words because your mind is somewhere else. You can stand and you can sing the songs on the screen, but you're not engaging your mind and your heart with those. You're just singing them. They're just words to you. But folks, this is a real opportunity to come here week by week and actually come with a laser-like focus to set our minds on things above. We have this opportunity to come and with laser-like focus to set our minds on the Lord, to set our mind on His ways, to set our mind on His promises, to set our mind on His Word. And I really, really, really commend that you do that. I want to encourage you when you come to church, don't just come to be here. Like it is lovely to see you. I love seeing you. But don't just come to sit in a pew for an hour. 
I want to encourage you to come to church and to really set your mind on things above. Actually take note of the words of the songs. Give attention to the words on the page. Give your ears <laughs> to this minister trying his best to preach a sermon. Give your attention to the Lord in this hour. But I'd really love to encourage you also, not just to, to make it a, a weekly thing, but I'd love to encourage you to, to take time out each day to make this a daily thing. Uh, church is great. I, I think church is a bit like a petrol station. I know it is for me. I come into church and I gather with God's people and I sing and I hear the Bible and I feel like I'm, I'm sort of filled up, you know, with spiritual petrol, if you like. But you know what? It doesn't take long for my tank to feel empty again. <laughs> One or two days and I, I feel like I'm hitting the red. And my guess is that that's the same as you. You come to church on a Sunday, you leave on a Sunday afternoon, you feel ready for the week ahead, you go into Monday ready to live for Jesus, you get to Tuesday ready to live for Jesus, but by Wednesday you're flagging a bit, by Thursday, by Friday, by Saturday you're empty and you can't wait to be at church again. And so what we need to do is we, we need to go to the petrol station not just on a Sunday, but it's helpful to go to the petrol station at other times in the week. And what I really want to encourage you to do in your everyday life, do it every day or do it a couple of days a week, is just to take time in your day, maybe right at the start to pause, to, to stop what you're doing, to have a time out, five minutes, 10 minutes, doesn't need to be long. I want to encourage you to get into the habit of pausing in your daily life and just taking some time to set your mind on things above. How might you do this? Well, there's lots of ways you might do it. You might read a portion of the Bible, a few verses, and, and think about them and see what things they say to you about things above, what, what things they say to you. I mean, in verses 1 to 4 of Colossians chapter 3, did you know that Paul packs in five heavenly things in four verses? Just in those four verses alone, I mean, if, I wonder what would happen if you went and you read through those things and just focused on a few of the truths of these verses. Let's have a look at them. Look at verses 1 and 2. Let's just point out the five spiritual realities. Verses 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. There are two spiritual realities there. Number one, we've been raised with Christ. Whenever we trusted in Jesus, we were given this new life. We were changed, we were resurrected, we were made a different and new person. I wonder what would happen if you, you took five minutes and just thought about that truth. I wonder would that help you to live as a new person in the day ahead? There's another spiritual truth in there, have a look there, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Paul says that Jesus right now is at the right hand of God, that he is the, the ruler of the universe, if you like. I mean, if you thought about that for a little while, would that not encourage you to obey Jesus in the day ahead? To live his way because he's the ruler? What about if you have a look at verses three and four? Look at there with me. There's another three spiritual truths in there. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is, your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Number one, you died. Whenever you trusted Jesus, your old person was gone. You don't have to live like that person you used to be anymore. I wonder what would happen if you thought about that. 
Spiritual truth number two, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Your eternal life, it's safe and secure in heaven. I wonder what would happen if you just thought about that, that, that Jesus has one eternal life for you and it's safe. Or what about that last one, verse four? When Christ hears your life appears, when Christ returns, then you'll appear with him in glory. You'll appear with him and one day you'll be like him. Now, maybe these things are a bit complicated. I mean, they're not easy. Maybe these are not the things that you need to set your mind upon. But what if you did set your mind on some things you do understand? What if you set your mind upon one morning that Jesus died for you? That he kneels, pierced into his hands for you? That he's taken all the punishment for your sin? Would that not spur you on to live for him? What if you remembered that that God the Father was the one who sent the Son? That he loves you so much, he, he let his Son die for you? Would that not make you feel some sort of love for God? Folks, as we set our minds on spiritual realities, we will be encouraged to keep going and to keep growing as Christians. You might want to read a part of the Bible and focus on the truth there. You might want to sing a hymn. Pick your favorite hymn and sing it over and over again. Meditate on the spiritual realities that are in it. Pick a verse from the Bible and memorize it and chew over it. Bring it with you into your day. Listen to a sermon on a podcast. It doesn't have to be me. There's plenty of good preachers out there. Let God speak to you through a sermon. Read a Christian book. Plenty of great Christian books out there. Read a chapter a day. And set your mind on spiritual realities as you do that. Listen, I know this sounds a bit blasé, but I don't really care what you do exactly. It doesn't need to look a certain way for us all. It can look different. But what I do want to encourage you to do is to pause every day or regularly during the week and set your mind on things above. And as you do, that will help you to keep going as a Christian. But it'll also help you to keep growing as a Christian. You see, whenever we set our minds on on things above, it changes how we live. It encourages us to become more and more like Jesus. And that's what we see in the rest of our passage. You see, in verse 4, if you have a look there, Paul says that when Christ is, your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So Paul says, listen, here's a spiritual reality. You're going to be like Jesus when he comes again. You're going to be like Jesus when he comes again. And then in verse 5, what does he say? He says, so therefore, in light of this, because you're going to be like Jesus, then I want you to take off your old self and its practices and put on your new Christ-like self. Because you're going to be like Jesus in the future, I'm now calling you to become more like Jesus in the present. Because you've seen in step one that you're going to be like Jesus, I now want you to put into practice steps two and three. 
taking off your old self and its sinful ways and put on your new self, which is more like Christ. And if you have a look at verses five to nine, you'll see some of the things there that we're called to take off. This morning, I want to ask you very bluntly, are there any of these things that you need to take off this morning? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, they're all in verse 5. And in verse 6, Paul tells us that because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Or what about the things in verse 7? Are there any of these you need to take off this morning? Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Are there any of these this morning that you need to take off? These things actually fall into two categories, I think. Uh, and the first category are things that are going to pull you away from Jesus if you don't get rid of them. That's what I think these, these first things are, things that will pull you away from Jesus if you don't get rid of them. Sexual immorality. I don't think there is anything more powerful than sexual immorality to pull a person away from Christ. I have seen ministers being pulled away from Christ because they've pursued adultery. I've seen just normal members of congregations drift away from Christ because they pursued sex outside of marriage. I have seen Christians pulled away from Christ because they've just followed after lust and got lost in pornography. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, there is nothing as powerful as these to pull a person away from Christ. These things become all-consuming. These things become the things they want more than Jesus. And eventually, Jesus is left behind as they go after these. And greed, that's another one. People have an all-consuming desire for stuff, for wealth, for money, for power. They're greedy for things. And whatever they're greedy for, that again becomes their God and they follow hard after that. And they leave Jesus behind. Folks, the, the reality is that, that there are some things that if we do not strip off and take away and dump and put in the rubbish bin, not even in the clothes recycling section at the dump, in the actual dump dump, there are things that if we do not strip off will eventually lead us away from Christ. We need to strip some things off to keep going as a Christian. And some of these things are in this passage. And then there are some things we need to strip off to keep growing as a Christian. In order to be more like Jesus, there are some things that we need to get rid of from our lives. There are th some things we need to get rid of from our wardrobe. 
And again, they're in our passage, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from our lips. There are things that are not appropriate for us. Do you know what the word Christian means? It means Christ-like. Christ-like, little Christs, mini Christs. That's what we're called to be. That is a spiritual reality. We're called to be little Christs. And there are some things that, that are not appropriate, therefore, for us to wear. There are some things that we need to get rid of if we're going to be like Jesus. And I've got great news this morning. And the great news is that you see, whenever we try to take the things off that are in this passage, or maybe there are other things in your life that you're aware of that the Holy Spirit has convicted you of. Maybe you know the things that you need to take off. Listen, let me tell you something brilliant. The brilliant news is that you see, whenever you start to make the effort to take them off, God helps. God will assist you and help you. Today's Father's Day. And uh, one of the jobs that a father has with a small child is to help them get dressed. And Micah, I don't know, don't know what it is, per Micah, I think he has an abnormally large head. I do, what can you do? Uh, anyway, and the reason I think he's got an abnormally large head is because Micah, oh, help me, you know, he's so kidding, he, he tries to take his t-shirt off and he gets the arms out and he gets it up to a certain point, but then it gets stuck and he starts screaming, ah, it's stuck. <laughs> but you know, I'm actually, I'm actually an okay dad, you know, so what do I do? I don't just laugh at him. No, I go and I, and I help him take it off. I'm a good father. I, I help him take off his dirty clothes. And folks, the, the, the great thing is that whenever we decide that we're actually going to take off the dirty clothes we're wearing, when we decide that we're actually going to make an effort to rid ourselves of the things that, that are not befitting for us as Christians, the great news is that God helps us. He helps us get it off over our head, but we have to start. Folks, the, the reality is, and, and this sounds a bit harsh, and I'm sorry that it does, but the reality is that the, the reason that many of us are still wearing our dirty clothes is not actually because we're unable to take them off. It's because we're unwilling to. The reason that many of us are still wearing our dirty clothes is not because we're unable to take them off, but because we're unwilling to. I have a pair of jeans that I love and I wear them all the time. And I wear them so much that I actually very often don't want to take them off even though they're dirty. It's not that I'm unable to, it's that I'm unwilling to. And I wanna encourage you folks this morning, if there's certain sin in your life that you're unwilling to take off, ask the Lord to change your heart. Ask him to give you a new desire. But the good news is that, that whenever you take off your dirty clothes, you know, whenever I do eventually take off my dirty jeans, the good news is that there's other really nice jeans that I can put on. 
And this is the second part of this. To keep growing as a Christian, we're not just to take off the things that are inappropriate, but we're to put on things that are more Christ-like. We're to put on things that are more befitting as a Christian. Look at verse 12. What do we need to clothe ourselves with this morning? What about compassion? What about kindness? What about humility? What about gentleness? What about patience? What about forgiveness? This morning, are there things that you need to put on this morning? Maybe you can't think of things you need to take off, but are there things you need to put on this morning? Well, will you put those on? Again, I've talked about Micah. I feel bad if Josh didn't get a mention. Josh is six. He can now get dressed himself, thankfully. He can take off his clothes and he can put on his clothes. It's brilliant. But there is one thing that Joshua struggles to put on and it's his football socks on a Saturday, after, Saturday morning over his shin guards. I mean, again, he tries, he gets his foot in, but he just can't pull them up. But as a father, I step in and I, I help him to put them on. And again, folks, th- this morning I want to encourage you that if there are things you know that you need to put on, maybe this morning you need to put on forgiveness. Maybe there's people you need to forgive. In the passage, Paul says, forgive as the Lord forgive you. Maybe that's you this morning. Or maybe this morning you need to put on kindness. Maybe you're not a very kind person. Maybe you're harsh and abrupt and are unkind to people. Maybe you need to put on kindness this morning to be more like Christ. Well, I want you to know this morning that whatever it is, the Lord will help you to put it on. I want to finish just with a a story that illustrates how to take something off spiritually and how to put it on. And this is a real story. It's about a man who struggled with anger. And he says this, whenever I read Colossians chapter 3, the Lord laid it on my heart, these words, get rid of anger. The man says, I had a violent temper. Whenever it flared, I'd haul up and bash my fist into the nearest door. Even though I often bloodied my knuckles and once completely smashed a beautiful diamond and onyx ring my wife had given me, I couldn't seem to stop. Here is a Christian man who is controlled by anger. And he says, yet here was God's word. Get rid of anger. This wasn't just advice given to the people of Colossae centuries ago. He says, it was God speaking to me right then. And then he says this, and and this is the practicalities. This is how to start taking off sin and putting on something else. He said this, so I made a covenant with God. He spoke to God, and I promised him I was going to work on it. Folks, if we're going to take off our clothes, we have to recognize what it is we need to take off. He recognizes this and he he goes to God and he says, I'm going to work on this. Then he says, my first step was to memorize the verse and review it daily. He was going to replay this verse over and over in his mind. He was going to hear God's word every day, reminding him that he had to deal with this. And then he says, I prayed and I asked the Lord to bring this verse to mind whenever I might be tempted to lose my temper. And then I asked my wife to pray for me (laughs) and to remind me of this verse if she saw me failing my promise to the Lord. So Colossians 3 verse 8 became a part of my life 
and gradually that sin was removed from me. Folks, if we're going to take off some dirty clothes and if we're going to put on some new clothes, we need to make that promise to the Lord. We need to remember His Word calling us to do it. We might need to get other people involved in helping us. But the great news is that when we do these things, the Lord will help us so that one day we can be dressed in beautiful clothes, the clothes of Christ. Let's pray together. Our Father, there is just so much in these verses. Uh, maybe, Lord, I said too many words. But, Lord, I pray for each person here that as they leave, that you would give them one word. Lord, give them one specific thing. Would they leave, Lord, with that on their hearts? And Father, I pray for myself and I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ here that you would give them a willingness to do something in light of what you've said. Oh Lord, this sermon is completely wasted unless we put something into practice. Lord, help us not to waste your word this morning, but to do something, to do something in light of it. Father, I pray for those who are here this morning and who just feel like they're drifting away from Christ, maybe following after other things. Father, I pray this morning that like the prodigal son, that they would turn and run back to you and find again your loving embrace. Father, I pray for those who are here this morning who are living with sin so clearly in their life who feel comfortable wearing the filthy rags that they're in. Father, I pray this morning that you would give them a willing heart to strip off the sin from their lives. And Father, I pray for those this morning who have seen something that they're lacking, who have seen a characteristic of Christ this morning that they need more of. Oh Lord, I pray that they would reach out and start to clothe themselves with it. Oh God, give us one word as we leave this morning and may that one word make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.